Lord God, we do just say, Lord, that your grace is enough, Lord. Oh, Father God, we've been singing about your mercy and your grace all morning, Lord. And how good you are, Lord. Oh, how merciful you are, Lord. And how full of grace you are, Lord. And how we love you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord, that your mercies are new every morning, Lord. And that your mercies endure forever, Lord. Oh, Father God, you're so good to us, Lord. And we just say that we love you this morning, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence, Lord. And, Father God, we just want to offer ourselves up this morning, Lord. Oh, we just want to offer ourselves, Lord. Oh, we want to give you ourselves, Lord. Oh, we want to give you our hearts, Lord. Oh, come and have your way, Lord. Come and have your way in this church, Lord, and in our in our lives, Lord. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Come and yes, have we your love way, you. Lord. We love you. Oh, Thank Father you, God, speak through Pastor Paul this morning, Lord. Oh, we just open our hearts this morning to you, Lord. Give us give us ears to hear and hearts to receive it, Lord. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. You may be seated. Bless you for being here. I know it's the holiday weekend and uh, many are traveling. We just pray for those that aren't here. I didn't really intend for this to happen this way, but I believe this is going to become a Christmas message for us in the fact that for many and for most, my battery just fell out, um, holidays are tough. We have to face people that we normally don't have to face. We have to relive relationships that we like to spend the other 364 days of the year not having to deal with. Amen? We have to rekindle old memories and old thoughts. Let me ask you this. How many here have ever had a broken bone? I have not. You can believe that I have not. I don't know if I'm a, I don't want to say I'm a sissy, but I don't think I'm a, I don't think I put myself into positions that get myself hurt. Those of you that know me know I take, I'm, I'm a risk taker. I don't mind taking risks, but I've never done that. Who here has had stitches? Almost everybody. Why is that so funny? Um, I hadn't, I had never had a stitch until I was about 25 years old and I got that at Express Lube, putting on a, uh, a heat shrink magnet thing for the car wash. Called Elizabeth, and I said, I'm going to the hospital. I'm getting stitches. I said, it's not a big deal. She goes, I'll be right there. Okay. We were, I don't think we were newly married, but we were relatively, we were, you know, we were still sweet on each other. Uh, she comes, and I had never had stitches before, and sure enough, if you've had them, they put the um, anesthesia, Right in the wound. I'm like, what are, what are you doing? I mean, are you insane? You know, go up my arm or something. You know, get away from it. Don't put it right in it. But they did. And as they started doing the work, they put gloves on you and make it to where all they can see is just the wound. And then they start cleaning on it like crazy. And it hurts like mad. Elizabeth's watching that, sitting in a little stool beside me. And all of a sudden she's... The doctor goes, are you Okay. He starts calling for the nurse, puts her in her own little room in the ER. You know, they leave me, the one that's hurt, and they're going to deal with her. (sighs) 
Like, I'm real glad you're here, honey. It's real good. But that was the only stitches that I've had. Now, I have since, we were here today, I have since, I don't see him. He's in children's church. I've since had to, they didn't put stitches in, but close. One of the youth, uh, or the one of the college, hit me with a Frisbee out here on the in the church and split my nose wide open and Elizabeth's like, we got to go see a plastic surgeon. We can't mess up that beautiful face. I'm like, you know. <laughs> there you are. This is the culprit. Praise God, the wound is is trying to, uh, it's still trying to heal, but I still have it there. I kind of, I don't want to say I hope it's there forever, but I hope you re- remember it forever. But. Anyway. Anybody here ever been hurt by a knife, whether in the kitchen or not in the kitchen? Most of us. Anybody here ever been uh, wounded by gunshot? Justin? Not a pellet gun, not a BB gun. A shotgun. All right. Anybody here ever been wounded in a war? Bless you. Today... I want to talk to you about hidden wounds. These things that are down deep. These things that maybe we don't even know that we have. Not the physical wounds, but the hidden wounds. Hidden wounds that are these memories that still hurt. Those reconciliations, those recollections from your past, when you think about those things and they still cause pain. Memories of abandonment. Some of your memories of abuse, memories of ridicule, severe criticism or hatred or prejudice or criticisms that just tore you down, physical abuse, spiritual or sexual or emotional abuse. You kind of see, I didn't really intend for this. This is not a Christmas message, but we can see that as we are even planning and buying gifts, the memories that come into your head, because you, you, you have to think about those that you're not around all the time. Where do we get these hidden wounds from? We get them from everywhere. I bet you could go hide in a closet and never come out, and they'd come find you somehow. We get them from society. We get them from prejudices in society. Many of you have felt that. You get them from family members. Of all people, you'd think you wouldn't get them from family members, but it's where it comes from the most. The ones that hurt you the most from parents, from kids, from brothers and sisters, from aunts and uncles, from grandparents. You can get them in the workplace. You can get them in the schoolyard from mean children. I'll bet everyone here can remember some situation from elementary school where somebody did something stupid to you. Amen? They're everywhere. I have to blow my nose. I'm sorry. I've been a pastor for a, for a short while, and I've come to know two truths about life. Number one, everyone has a hidden wound. Everyone. Maybe you're trying to cover it up. Maybe you're trying to hide it. But everyone has at least one. Some emotional scar from your past where someone has hurt you in a serious way. The other thing that I've found is that emotional scars take longer to heal than physical scars. 
People have gone to Vietnam and come back physically wounded, but their bodies have healed, but yet they have remained to be emotionally healed. It takes years and years to get over the emotional scars. But the good news is, Jesus Christ wants to heal those wounds that have plagued you for so long. And we can start that process this morning. In the Bible, um, in Exodus specifically, but in the Bible, God gives us many different Hebrew words, Hebrew names for him to describe what the benefits are of him. I didn't intend to do this, but let me just give you a few of them. One of them is Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord, our righteousness. Jehovah Makadesh is the Lord who sanctifies. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, our peace. Jehovah Shama, the Lord is there. What does that mean? That means God is with you. No matter what you are going through, God is with you. I, I'm in the middle of a, of a book, and I really even hate to promote it yet because I'm not finished with it. But it is a book about where a terrible tragedy happened. And it's a fiction book. And this man winds up getting an opportunity to spend time with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit here on earth. In the flesh, it's called The Shack. Um, I haven't finished it yet, so I don't really want to recommend it. But I'm telling you what, it is, um, it is, um, it is awesome so far. Um, but it is in- intellectually stirring me, enlightening. Um, it is giving me new perspective on, on God. And to be honest with you, I'm having to realize while I'm listening to it that this is not the word of God speaking. I need to process it in my mind and by the word. You want to grab hold of things that you hear. It's so easy to hear something and just automatically say, well, that's true. And yet we never test it. And even in this book, it, it's, it's making me think. It's making me think who, who God really is. And is their approach really correct? But I'll tell you, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. Who's, who's read that book? Quite a few of you. I'm going to finish it. And if I'm, if I can still live with it, I'll, we'll sell it here. But I don't know that I can yet. Um, but with all that said, it says that the Lord is here. Even in the midst of this man's tragedy, God was there. Even in the midst of what you're walking through, God is with you. And he is not going to abandon you. It is not his character to abandon. God is not one that abandons. Our daddies, our families, our mothers, our everything in us, some of, some of us may have experienced abandonment. God is not an abandoner. Is that a word? Abandoner. Jesus Christ is ready to heal. But the one that I'm wanting to show you is Exodus 15, verse 26. It says, I am the God who heals you. In the Hebrew, that is Jehovah Rophi. If you ever hear me praying, almost every week I mention this name. God is a healer. He gave this as his own word describing himself as God, the one that heals. I then apply the next scripture, God never changes. Which tells me that the argument today is that the miracles have ceased. No, God doesn't change. 
To say God has ceased from doing miracles is to say, go against who God is. And God is a healer. In, in Exodus 15, 26, and I would encourage you, have this in your, as a note in your Bible. It says that it was about the bitter waters, the waters that uh, couldn't be drank, and they put a, a twig, a tree in as a symbol of faith. And when they put it in, he healed the waters and then revealed himself out of that healing. I am the God who heals. Do you know that God is a God who heals? Amen. Bible says in Psalm 147, verse 3, it says, God heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. This is not physical healing. We saw in the last couple weeks how the Word of God will bring physical healing. You remember? Here we see the emotional being healed. God heals the brokenhearted. How does he do that? Maybe you say, how does he do that? How does he heal these hidden wounds, those hurts and recollections of the past? Well, over the next six weeks, we're going to look at these steps and some steps in the healing process. When you look at the life of Jesus, you see that he healed a lot of people, physically and emotionally. And there are certain patterns and principles that come up over and over again with the way that he dealt with people. They don't always go in this order, but you can find these five principles. Today, we're just going to look at one. But these five principles in God's process of healing memories. Number one, we must be willing to reveal our pain. We must be willing. We must, the the process begins when I reveal my hurt. I no longer play the game. And you know, what, what Pastor Matt said last week was so good in the fact that Faith does not mean that David comes out to Goliath and say, I believe in faith, you're not even there. The giant's just not even there. I'm just going to believe in faith, the giant's not there. Well, the giant is there. That hurt that you have is there. You can sit there and continue to act like it's not there, but yet it's still there. Amen? It's time that we start dealing with our hurt. I love it. What timing? Did you all hear the kids? Woo! Our, they're, and they're saying, our parents are dealing with their hurt. Woo! God's got perfect timing. This is not a time to think, oh my goodness gracious, here he goes again. I'm going to have to dig all this back up again. Oh, I thought he was done with that. He did this on Father's Day. Oh, I don't want to dig that all up again. You keep digging it up until it's dead. It's, it's, there's time. It's time to give it to God. And not pick it back up again. It's going to be good if you will allow it. You're never going to get well until you face your feelings head on. The Bible talks about the problems of suffering. Of, or the problem of stuffing it down inside and not revealing it. Look at this scripture. In Psalm 39. I kept very quiet, but I became even more upset. I became very angry inside. And as I thought about it, my anger burned. Have you ever noticed that these things that you're walking around with, the more you dwell on it, the worse they get? And it becomes a bigger problem than when you first started thinking about it. It starts as this, but as you dwell on it, it grows to something that you just cannot hardly contain anymore. He's saying here that as you hold on to hurts, it's like carrying hot coals in your heart. 
you're the one that's going to get burned. Hidden wounds, when you try to stuff them down, don't heal. They fester. And pushing a hurt aside doesn't get rid of it. It makes it worse. Let me meddle a little bit. Many of us, many of society society today is tired all the time. You can have a good night's sleep, and in an hour you're already exhausted. One of the causes, not the only cause, but one of the causes of constant fatigue is because you are using up emotional energy on resentments, on grudges, on guilts, and on griefs from your past. You use so much energy dealing with these things that you have no energy for the present. You're tired all the time. I didn't ask her if I could share this, but I'm going to share it anyway. Um, forgive me. I, this shouldn't be bad. It should be okay. Um, anytime, uh, Elizabeth sat under some teaching that talked about bitterness. And a sign of bitterness sometimes will show up in your physical being. And uh, th- this person had said, and I believe it, that sometimes it'll locate in your back or in your neck. You get a pain in your neck. And anybody that comes up to Elizabeth, and they say, man, I got this pain in your neck. Elizabeth will go, do you have bitterness? Do you have unforgiveness? And you know what? Usually that is the case. These things, these things have ways of not only just getting you emotionally, they have ways of getting you physically. I believe unforgiveness is one of the keys to us being sick. Is that okay? Wasn't making fun of you. But many times we do have to realize who who am I who am I not forgiving? Sometimes God will put this little pain in you to say, Hey, you got something you need to deal with. Go get that right. Go get that right. You guys are getting quiet on me. It's okay. Psalm 32.3. Watch this. It says, when I kept things to myself, I felt weak deep inside. I moaned all day long. <laughs> He's saying that these things are emotionally draining. When I keep it to myself, when I dig it, when I stuff it down in, we start feeling weak. And all we can do is fuss. All we can do is hurt. Because we live in a sinful world, people abuse each other. I have no doubt that many of us today have been abused in in some fashion. But let's look just for a second, and I'm almost done, how people try to deal with this emotion, with covering this up. Some people just try to say, I'm just going to forget about it. I'll just put it out of sight, out of mind. Some people try to run from it. Some people will escape and get drunk, do drugs, get overly involved in work. Some will just try to ignore it. Some people will try to pass it off and blame others. We live in a society that is a victimized society. It's everyone else's fault but mine. I heard the kids. We want to say it's the government's fault. It's our teacher's fault. It's our boss's fault. 
It's our parents' fault. Some people, this is the last one, try to cover up their abuse. So much so that, that we as the victim even feel guilty about it. Like we've done something wrong. Someone else has hurt us. We try to cover it up. And we feel guilty about it. Like we've done something wrong. We don't want anybody to know, so we push it down. And it's like a Coke bottle. It's still got the lid on it, and you shake it up. It's just waiting to explode. Has anybody here ever been the one to walk up on somebody and been the one to take that lid off? (laughs) You weren't the source of it. You just happened to hit it right at the right time. I've had people show up when mine was about to explode. I've been the one to show up and, and help take the lid off of others also. It's not a pretty sight. I don't, I don't, I don't like being, being in that on either side. None of these ways work. Step one is to be honest about your pain, about your fear, about your anger, about your resentment and bitterness over what people did to you, about the way that they made you feel when you were abandoned or abused or ridiculed, the shame that maybe you felt. We've got to start by revealing our hurts, and we've got to be honest. And honest with who? I'm going to give you three people. Number one, you've got to be honest with yourself. Many of us are just lying to ourselves, trying to make us feel good and get through the day. You know, it might be a short-term fix, but we need to be honest with ourselves. This hurts. I'm ashamed of how this still hurts me, but yet it is still there. Um, many of y'all, um, this might have even been when Pastor Matt was still here as I was preaching. I preached on unforgiveness uh, when Matt was on vacation, and the Lord started to reveal to me someone from college that I, that I hadn't forgiven. As I was sitting here, and if y'all remember, we brought our uh, hymnals up as um, as our unforgiveness that we've been hanging on to and laid them here on the altar. And as I continued to talk about it, this individual's name kept coming into my head right here on stage. Um, and I had to deal with it. I didn't have to call him, but I did have to lay it down and not pick it back up. Um, these things are real. These things are real. But we've got to be honest with ourselves. Second, we've got to be honest to God. I would encourage you so much to do this, to say to God, just how you would talk to your child or to your parent, God, this hurts me. This has been hurting me a long time. You know, you're not going to surprise God with what you've got to tell him. Number one, he knows everything. Number two, he is everywhere. He was with you when it happened. He knows exactly what happened. But there is a freedom There is a freedom. There are chains that come off when you get with God and you get honest with him. Don't play a game with him like my children will come to me. One will come and give one story. The other will come and give another story. And they paint the most beautiful picture of each other. Of of, This one paints a picture of themselves perfectly. And this one paints a picture of themselves perfectly. Are, are, Are you with me? And then we've got to figure out who's telling the truth. It's usually not very difficult. God gives you that ability. Don't think you're smart. God put you there. He anointed you to be able to know what's right between your children. 
They bring it to you. But what I'm asking you is, don't paint a manipulated picture. He already knows. You're wasting your time. Don't paint a manipulated picture. God, I did this. I wasn't perfect in this situation, but this still hurts. And I can't give it up. I can't release this. I need help. Lord, I'm revealing this pain to you. Help me with it. You know, it's not going to surprise God. He already knows. He already cares. He already loves you. He just wants you to be honest with him. It's for your own benefit. And it's kind of like a purging. You may say, Pastor, I've never talked to God like that. Well, I would encourage you. You may feel so strange, but just say, this would be my example. Father, I just come to you and this has happened to me. This has hurt me. Lord, I just want to reveal my hurts to you. And I ask you to help me. I ask you to help me with them. I don't want to act like they're not there anymore because it hurts too much. I'm kind of wanting to go into my next point, but I can't hardly do it. The third thing is you need to be honest with at least one person that you trust. Tell somebody. There is something about healing, about revealing your feelings to another. It says in Job 18, verse 4, you're only hurting yourself with your anger. When you stuff it down and you hang on to it, you're only hurting yourself. If you don't have anybody you can trust, I would encourage you, call one of the pastors here at this church. And we'll sit down with you. We'll be discreet. But we'll listen. Uh, if, you're a, if you're a woman and don't want to come to a pastor, call a pastor's wife. Call your Sunday school teacher. Call your life group leader. It's why it's so important that you get involved in life groups. That you get, you get to know some people that you can trust. I promise you. You go and reveal something to a trusted friend, you're not going to shock them. They've got, they're going through things themselves. People come into my office and think they're going to shock me. It's rare. It's rare that we get shocked. You know, there, there are bad things in this world. But God is ready to help you. I would encourage you this week to start dealing with those thoughts. I'm going to give you four more steps as the weeks go on. But I want you to know we have the potential of having a great Christmas with your family. A Christmas like you've never had. A Christmas where you're going in with love and you're going to get through it. And it's not one of those things, honey, let's just try to get through this. Let's just go in and eat and do the things and go home. You know what, maybe that is your schedule, but you know what, it doesn't have to be something that you dread. They're the only family you got. And God put you together with them for a reason. Pastor, you don't, you're meddling too much. I got family too. They're sitting right over there. We never argue. Very funny. That was my George Bush. That was a terrible, but that was my, my George Bush. But you got to work at it. And you know what? I'm the one that has to change. 
if I want my life to be free, they don't have to change. I have to change. If I want to live without these pressures of stress and these family problems that we have of bitterness and unforgiveness and hatred and frustration, they don't have to change. I have to change. And they're coming at us left and right. Amen? They're coming at us left and right. I've got to be the one to change. I've got to deal with my hurt. And I've got to give it to God. Amen? Stand with me if you would. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for today. Lord, I ask you, as much as it hurts to have to relive these things, Lord, you are not wanting us to walk around with it. We don't have to walk around with this pain, these wounds that we have so down deep that we've carried for so long. Lord, I ask for a miracle this Christmas. And that miracle being that we can release this pain that we've been walking around with. That we would learn to come close to you and how to have relationship with you so that you can help us in our hurt. Lord, I just, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would come and fill us that we would receive you this week as we have never received you before. And church, you don't have to wait until we've finished all five points. You can bring this to God right now. I would encourage you as we pray and as we sing that you come to the altar or even right where you sit, that you give God your hurt. As we sing, you just close your eyes and you give God that hurt. You just talk to him about it. And let the healing process start. You don't need the rest of these sermons to get delivered by God today. All you need is a touch from God. Lord, I ask right now that we would open our hearts and be able to talk with you right now about the things that we're dealing with. And Lord, I ask you right now to come in love as your character is and release us from this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If there are those here that want prayer over, a, over an emotional hurt, we want to pray with you. If my deacons would come forward, Pastor Stephen and Lee. If you need healing of any reason, for any reason, we want to pray with you. If you have never given your heart to Jesus, if you have never said, Jesus, come into my heart, I want you to walk this aisle and let us pray with you. Today is the day. Today is the day. If you don't know the love of God and if you have not asked Him to come into your life to set you free from sin and to live an abundant life with Jesus, today is the day. I want you to walk this altar. Let us pray with you.